Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the VFFs. He is Frank Staffel. I am Greg Sussman. Frank, hey, what's going on, bud? Hey, happy Monday to you, buddy. Me too, bud. Saving a chair there if uh, Chris Venture wants to join us. Well, if anyone wants to join us, it's our holiday party. People are coming in and out, so we put a chair there just in case. Just in case, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. How was it? Uh, my Thanksgiving was solid, man. Watched a lot of football. I was here, of course, as I am every Thanksgiving, uh, producing programming. I was here all weekend, Frank. You were basically five feet away from the parade, right? pictures, yeah. Nice. Yeah. You didn't send any my way. Uh, you could have been here if you wanted to. I didn't see you Thursday, Friday, or Sunday here, Frank. You didn't? No. Sorry, man. Okay. It's always this weekend. You're, you're not wrong. How are you, man? How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was a good one. It was fun. I love Thanksgiving. As I said uh, before we went into the weekend, one of my favorite holidays, just a day filled with eating, drinking, family, football. What more can you ask for? Black Friday the next day, went out shopping a little bit. It was great. It was great. It was a good weekend. That's great, man. I I uh, watched The Irishman over the weekend, too. Same. You uh, you texted me about it. I I I stuck to my plan. I watched (laughs) it on uh, Friday morning. It was great. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. It was good. I uh, very much enjoyed it as well. Great cast, great acting. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. I, uh, I've caught up on Watchmen other than last night, so I accomplished the two things TV-wise that I wanted to watch. Accomplished them both. Solid. Solid. How'd you sleep last night? Great. Really well. My, uh, <laughs> my mom is over, so um, we stayed up late hanging out with her, and then I was very tired, went to bed, and next thing I knew, the alarm went off for the morning. That's how it should be every night, Greg. Could not agree more. Frank, uh, a full day of football yesterday here. Uh, a lot to go over. Uh, where should we start? I mean, there's a lot of places I want to start, and I don't know the right answer. I guess we could start. It's subjective. I don't think that there is a right answer. There's no, like, right answer, right? I think the Dolphins, right? Just in general. The That's Dolphins were too, the man. biggest winners in every way possible. Biggest story of the day yesterday. Yeah. Miami Dolphins. As they should be. Down two touchdowns to Philly. They score five straight times. And they beat the Eagles. Pass that, pass that helmet over here, Greg. Let's get, helmet. let's get the Dolphins get the helmet, helmet right here on the show right now, on the set. Greg's going to attempt to put... Oh, my God. Looks like you're going to end up hurting yourself very severely there. Greg is loaded up with the Dolphins Let's helmet. go, Dolphins, baby! All you need is some facial hair, and it's basically Ryan Fitzpatrick all over I'm again. I'm chewing gum. I got my wedding ring on as they play. I'm good. 
The Dolphins were probably the biggest My winners Miami yesterday. Miami Dolphins. Literally, figuratively, for real life, for fantasy football, Devontae Parker basically won anybody who started him this week. Yeah. Helped a lot of people get into the fantasy football playoffs. He helped Eric Young beat us, a game that decided who was going to get the bye heading into the Pitt League playoffs. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But Devontae Parker was awesome, Greg. Amazing. Ryan Fitzpatrick was very good. Amazing. I think that he is a stream next week as well. That special teams play was ridiculous, you know Greg. That was awesome. It obviously reminded me of the Colts play that Chuck Pagano drew up so terribly <laughs> previously on fourth down. It was the same thing, right? Like, yeah. all the linemen are out wide. There's a kicker and a, a punter in the middle. Like, what, what's happening? Or oh, sorry, a snapper and a punter in the middle. And then the punter threw a touchdown. I would say kicker. it's a little bit easier to pull off on the goal line Agreed. than in the middle of the field. Agreed. But it was awesome all, all the way around. Patrick Laird, I think, is a winner from yesterday, so I, we, we talked about Patrick Laird on the, on the hurry-up, how That's he's like right. the fourth running back for the Dolphins. I realize he's not. He's the fifth running back we've talked about picking up on the Dolphins this year. Oh, right. We spoke about Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin. But no, it's all about Patrick Laird, the dominator, as I termed him. Why wouldn't it be Patrick Laird? I don't know, man. Patrick Laird. What a, that's a thing now, huh? Eh. Why not? Kind of. I mean, look. It's hard for the Dolphins to sorry, run the, the football. Intern is his official nickname. The intern Patrick The intern, Laird. that's right. I saw they were talking about that on the broadcast yesterday. They called him the intern, and yeah. then they're like, oh, well, I guess now he has a full-time job. Oh, <laughs> I heard, oh, I heard it, Frank. Oh, you heard it. In, yes, indeed. But he still... Ten carries, five yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> he only averaged half... The a, dominator! He averaged half a yard per carry. Look, this team cannot run the football because their offensive line is very bad. They trail in a lot of games. It's actually amazing to me that you have a straight face while talking to me. Why? Just look at me. It's perfectly fine. Cool. I feel like you should do every show with a helmet on. You will be able to get this off? No. <laughs> You're definitely like that for the rest of this show and probably going into our holiday party tonight. Seems bad. I love it. Okay. And I think everyone else will, too. Sure. Patrick Laird will never be able to run efficiently, but he is a good cast, pass catcher. He had 96 receptions over his last two years at Cal. And considering they can't run the football, I think they're probably just going to throw him a lot of short passes moving forward. I don't feel good about Kalen Balazs' non-contact, non-contact leg injury. So I don't, couple, I don't think he's going to be out there next one week. One of a couple of non-contact injuries we saw in running backs. We'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, Devontae Parker... It's been amazing. The breakout is real with Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and Chad O'Shea calling the plays uh, out there in Miami. Uh, that's real. On the other side, Miles Sanders dominates carries as we expected here. 17 carries for 83 yards. A good game for Miles Sanders. J.J. didn't do much of anything. And the receiving-wise, if you put Alshon Jeffrey in, worked out very, very well as did your boy Dallas Goddard. Yeah, definitely. We'll start with Alshon Jeffrey. His 16 targets were the highest in his Philadelphia Eagles tenure, Greg. So, a uh, massive workload for him yesterday. We knew it was a good matchup. We spoke about that on Wednesday. When we were talking, you know, jumping around to a few of these games and what to expect. And we said, look, if Alshon Jeffrey is active, you have to start him in this matchup against the Eagles. He was great. Nine catches, over 100 yards, a touchdown as well. He has another good matchup next week against the New York Giants. So, I like Alshon Jeffrey as a... Low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three in that matchup. You spoke about Miles Sanders. In the games Jordan Howard has missed, he has been treated like the workhorse running back, seeing a ton of snaps, being used as a receiver, being used as, you know, seeing a ton of rushing attempts as well. Even Carson Wentz bounced back yesterday, Greg. So it was Well, facing the Miami Dolphins defense yeah. does do that. It was a good game for the Eagles fantasy-wise. I don't know that I'd call them all... Winners, they might be winners going into next week against the Giants. Potentially so. The Eagles, the, Giants. Defense. the Eagles defense, big winner. 
Giants, very bad. Worst team in the NFL, man. I don't know, man. I don't know if you can trust the Eagles' defense because— You can. They're facing the I Giants. I like them as a stream against the Giants. You should. I mean, against the, uh, against the Dolphins. Well, they have, they that have, didn't work. Well, that's Fitzmagic, man. That's Fitzmagic? Yeah, we, we got a Hall of Famer. Oh, sorry. I probably hurt your ears. Uh, does we, turn we got the, the Hall of Famer Does turn the ball over quite a bit. Yeah, he certainly does. He's got like 21 turnovers, I think. Sounds bad. Sounds accurate. He's bad. As I said, that wasn't uh, the non-contact injury. Kalen Balaj was not the only non-contact injury um, on the day yesterday. We saw that in the Kansas City Oakland game as well. A lot to take out of there when it comes to their running back situation as we get you ready for the playoffs. So we'll get into KC uh, and we'll get into Oakland, Frank, uh, an AFC battle, AFC West battle, which went. Pretty much as predicted, we'll get into Baltimore and San Francisco. We're going to take you through all the winners and losers. Um, can you take it? Because I really need to get this off my head. It really hurts. Greg Sussman attempting to oh. remove the helmet. I did it, guys. You're perfectly fine. Everything's oh all right. That was really hurting my head. <laughs> Ow. All right. With that. Is your head too big or helmet too small? I don't know. I don't know. But it really hurt my head. Out. Let's take a break. I need, I'm going to need a few minutes to recover. So let's take a break here. We'll come back. We're getting all these games. Your winners, your losers, and your eh. I need some water. We'll be back after this. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. BFFs live on the Sports Grid TV network. Frank Stanfield joined by Greg Sussman. He's going to grab some water. Had a little difficulty with that uh, Miami Dolphins helmet. Of course, one of the big winners from yesterday, your Miami Dolphins, including Ryan Fitzpatrick, Patrick Laird, Devontae Parker out here winning people weeks and getting them into the fantasy football playoffs all by himself. He has been one of the most surprising players in fantasy football this season, I would say. So uh, if you grabbed any Devontae Parker late in your best ball drafts or you picked him up throughout the course of the season, uh, you are likely headed to the playoffs with a wide receiver two of your own. That's right. It took a while, but Devontae Parker is a legitimate wide receiver two for fantasy football. Before we hit the break, Greg mentioned that AFC West battle between the Los Angeles Chargers, not the Los Angeles Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. I had the right... Division, Greg. I had the right division with the AFC West. Not the right teams, but as you mentioned, Kansas City Chiefs completely annihilated the Oakland Raiders yesterday, and Patrick Mahomes didn't even need to have a monster game. 175 yards and one touchdown. Rushing touchdown, though, also. Yeah, that's true. Rushing touchdown. Throw that in there, but it wasn't the Patrick Mahomes game we were hoping for. I think there was a little weather that had to do with uh, him not having the game we all hoped. I don't know, man. He... Sure, the win was bad. He missed yeah. Travis Kelsey by this much. We would have a bye right now. We would have a bye right if he now. He connected there. Correct. It was that much, which cost us a bye in the pit league. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get the job done in a big division matchup against the Oakland Raiders. But to me, the big story of this game is a non-contact injury for Darrell Williams, LaShawn McCoy being managed over the last four weeks. 
a whole lot of Darwin Thompson. Now, before the season starts, Frank, I know you remember it. Everybody drafted Darwin Thompson. They drafted Devin Singletary. And they're like, these two guys, and Miles Sanders, these three guys are league winners come fantasy playoffs. Miles Sanders with Jordan Howard out, well, he's been the, he's been the primary ball carrier. Devin Singletary, yeah, Frank Gore's still a thing, but Devin Singletary's been really, really good taking over as essentially the starter in Buffalo. Is it Darwin Thompson time? I'm not sure exactly. We've got to see what's going on with Damian Williams as well because there's a chance that he returns, but as you mentioned, Darwin Thompson did lead this team in carries yesterday with 11, led them with 44 rushing yards, a touchdown. It's clear that they don't want to give LaShawn McCoy a big workload, just five carries yesterday. He was saved with a touchdown. In fact, all three of the running backs that were featured yesterday between Darwin Thompson, Darrell Williams, and LaShawn McCoy all scored touchdowns. They were playing with a lead for a large majority of this game. Obviously, we want exposure to this Chiefs team any way we can get it. Anyone that has a role on this team. It seems in the past game, you know, a lot of things are concentrated amongst Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. You know, maybe a little bit of Sammy Watkins sprinkled in there, but you don't want anything to do with that. With the running backs, we're trying to figure this out, and I think when it comes to setting your waivers this week, you should have some interest in Darwin Thompson. If we had interest in Darrell Williams, we've been trying to talk ourselves in and out of Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy all season long. If he is part of a three-headed backfield in one of the best offenses in the league, then I think we do have to have some interest in Darwin Thompson. So I think the question becomes, is what's the role of Darwin Thompson, right? Like We don't know. Obviously, he played the majority of the second half yesterday. McCoy was in and out of the game. Um, we also don't know really the status of Damian Williams. He didn't really seem that close to playing this week, but... You know, for all we know, he could be back next week with Darrell Williams unavailable, right? Like, that's how often things change. So, we'll, I'm not break, break, spending every dime I have left on Darwin Thompson yet. Obviously, if all of a sudden Darrell and Damien are both on IR tomorrow, that's a different conversation when waivers run. But Darwin Thompson could be somebody that's worth looking at, and we'll talk about that on our waiver show tomorrow. But we want to get into more winners and losers, and, eh. and in order to do that, you need to hear this. The BFFs presents Winners. I won. I won. You're a winner. Losers. You suck. You are one pathetic loser. And... <laughs> eh? Oh, man. I have no idea what's going on. That's right, winners, losers, in F for week number 13 around the NFL. Frank hit on all of those Kansas City Chiefs. Let me go to the other side with the Oakland Raiders. I was a little bit nervous about Josh Jacobs. I know it was a great matchup, but I was very, very concerned that game flow would get him out. Over 100 yards rushing, and that's all Tony Romo had to talk about yesterday was, he has 100, he lost 100, he has 100, he lost 100. Got it, he's very good. Yes, and that, I was going to bring that up as well. I found it very annoying, equally as annoying as you. Very weird. I was uh, in the process of driving to my parents' house. I go to my parents' house every Sunday for dinner, Greg, and I'm driving, and all I keep hearing was, oh, well, he's back under 100 yards. He's back over 100 yards. All right, we got it. Josh Jacobs is very good. He is matchup proof. He's going to run efficiently. You know, people talk a lot more about Josh Jacobs throughout the course of the season than they have Derrick Henry, and I don't think that they are that dissimilar. Josh Jacobs was not targeted a single time in this game, despite the Oakland Raiders playing from behind for a large majority of that. Still saw a decent workload, obviously, 17 carries for 104 yards. They have a very good offensive line. I think that he is a very good running back in terms of running between the tackles, bouncing things to the outside. I think he has some shiftiness. I think he can make opposing def uh, defenders miss, but 
he's not used enough as a pass catcher, and we have seen at times this season when they fall behind, Josh Jacobs does suffer from you know negative game script, whereas other workhorse running backs are still used as pass catchers when they are behind in games. Derek Carr and his Raiders offense, Greg, over the past three games are all losers. They are averaging under 10 points per game over their last three. We'll see if they can get it back on track next week at home against the Tennessee Titans, but Overall, I would say that this Oakland Raiders offense recently are just complete losers. Uh, Josh Jacobs yesterday was eh because he was still solid, but you don't like to see the lack of pass game usage. You know, it's funny because everyone was so quick to crown Oakland and say they got Oakland wrong two weeks ago. I'm not really feeling that way anymore. No, I remember about a month ago this time after they beat the Chargers on Thursday Night Football, it was, oh, John Gruden is in the running for Coach of the Year. And, you know, at that point, he probably was because this team had no expectations coming into this season. But since then, as I mentioned, this offense has just completely sputtered. I do like the fact that John Gruden has at least taken accountability, Greg. You know, whenever this team doesn't show up, he says it's on me. I've got to do a better job of, Of of, you know, getting this offense going. So he holds himself accountable. That's fine. He's not going anywhere, obviously. He signed for like the next eight years with Oakland, soon to be Las Vegas. Uh, so we'll see what they do. But my guess is they probably draft another quarterback sooner rather than later. I don't know. I and, and John Holmes, Gruden man. wants to be his guy. I, I don't know that Derek Carr is his guy. I don't know that guy, Derek you know? Carr is his guy. I don't know that Derek Carr is a problem. They got loads of other problems, specifically uh, defense defensively. defense is very bad. Yeah, it's very bad. You know who they could use, probably? Khalil Mack might help. Oh, really? Yeah. I've heard of that guy. You think they could get him? Pretty, pretty good pass rusher. Not bad. You know, maybe they can, I don't know, give the Bears two first-round picks for him? You know, it's funny because everyone thought the Raiders were, were, were certainly back and they were looking past the Jets, which is why they lost to the Jets. But they lost to a Jets team that was riding a three-game winning streak. They oh, went into Cincinnati. They the were hottest team in football. The hottest team in football. Who knows what they could be? I know what they could be. The answer's terrible, Frank. The answer is the Jets, Greg. They lost to two winless teams this year, Frank. Oh, it's... Not, not one. Look, two. This we're talking about a historic franchise right now in the New York Jets, Greg. Sure, they are breaking history. They are making history. Why is that? Week in and week out, by uh-huh. losing. This is the first time a team has lost to two winless teams that are at least zero and seven in the same season in NFL history. They're pretty. It's, uh, it's historic. That is historic. So there you go. Your New York Jets. Apologies, everybody, for telling you to ride the hot streak by the Jets. Battle. Someone pointed out pointed this out to me on Twitter that the Cincinnati Bengals defense over the past couple of weeks, I know, don't laugh, they've actually played better. So I, I'm not making excuses for the Jets. They did not show up whatsoever. They couldn't get anything going on offense. Robbie Anderson dropped a touchdown yesterday. Still like the targets and the usage for Robbie Anderson from yesterday. Finally starting to see from vol- some volume for him. But that has come at the expense of Jamison Crowder. It's just for whatever reason. They haven't been able to get everybody going in the same game. And that falls on Adam Gase, obviously. There has not been a game all season where Crowder, Ryan Griffin, Robbie Anderson, and Le'Veon Bell have all been able to have success in the same game. And you thought yesterday could have been one of those times against the Cincinnati Bengals. Next week should be one of those games against the Miami Dolphins. But unfortunately, it looks like somebody is going to let you down. So the Jets were big losers. Le'Veon Bell, great matchup, huge loser. The only winner from this game is Robbie Anderson, Greg. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, obviously a winner. Jameson Crowder, man, he's destroyed people over the last couple of weeks. It's been yes. really, really brutal. Uh, brutal start for him. On the other side, Tyler Boyd, big winner for Cincinnati, 5-59 and a touchdown. Andy Dalton back in the saddle, gets his big receiver the ball. Joe Mixon 
had a touchdown as well. So the skill position players score for Cincinnati. Continue going around the NFL when we return here on the VFFs. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Then dunk on your NBA DFS competition at DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer, the most accurate projections in all of NBA DFS, plus line of alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com. Where millionaires are made. Thanks for watching us wherever you're watching us. Pluto TV, channel 517. Maybe you're on Zumo, channel 719. Watching on YouTube, listen to the podcast. We appreciate wherever you are tuning into the Sports Grid Network. And remember, if you want the edge, then get on the grid. Sports Grid is where you can always find us. All right, Frank, uh, let's continue diving into these NFL games. Game of the day yesterday was a potential Super Bowl preview between the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. And rarely does it live up to the billing. This one did. It was good. Yeah, it was a solid game. We saw some scoring all around early on in this game, Greg, and then came to a screeching halt, but still a very good game, very competitive game, back and forth. Lamar Jackson uh, throwing for 100 yards and rushing for 100 yards, again, continuing to show off that RB1 as a QB1 upside here, even against one of the tougher defenses in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. Greg, I think one of the clear storylines of this game is... Tevin Coleman wound up being one of the biggest losers of the, weekend. of the weekend yesterday, and the usage in this game was just baffling. Raheem Mostert, 35 snaps, 19 carries, 146 yards, a touchdown, also had two targets. Tevin Coleman, just 11 snaps, five carries, six yards, one target, he just wasn't good, essentially benched in this game, Greg. And Raheem Mostert has flashed some upside. Do you think once they get Matt Breida back... Which should which be next week. Sounds like it should be week 14 because they said he's close, but we'll hold him out for one more week. We want him good to go against the New Orleans Saints. Mainly because, again, the Ravens game matters, yes, but if they could beat the New Orleans Saints, they are in prime position to get the number one overall seed uh, in the in the, um, in the NFC. NFC. Yeah. Do you think... Both of these running backs will now be ahead of Tevin Coleman in the pecking order, or is it just purely a hot hand approach? Yeah, and so I, I think what it is. no. Raheem Moses had a hot hand for a while, right? Like he's looked really no, he's good. good. He's, he's looked, a very explosive running back. He's looked significantly better than Tevin Coleman for the last few games. I thought. Um, I don't know if this is matchup. I don't know. They they feel that certain running backs are better in certain spots, right? Like Jeff Wilson's had his spot on the goal line for whatever reason. I don't know. It's hard. Like it, you could want to say that Raheem Moser, after what he did. This guy could be a league winner. I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. And it is so hard. If Brita, Coleman, and Moser are all active next week, it is so hard to start, I don't know, any of them. But you want to because you know they're going to run the football. You know if you get it right, you very well could get yourself 15 or 20 fantasy points. But you don't know which one. And it makes it so damn hard. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. I think you so can... Like, so I don't want to say it's a winner. It's like, Coleman's a loser, but this whole situation is such an enemy. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't label Raheem Mostert as a winner, which is weird because he was dominant yesterday. He was awesome. 7.7 .7 yards per carry against a good Baltimore Ravens defense. But again, this is an ass situation because it's just one that's very muddled. It's hard to figure out right now. And I think that they are going to be in the flex discussion. I would say that... You know, at this point in the season, Greg, Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are probably the most explosive of the three running backs. Tevin Coleman has a role, yeah. and it you know, wouldn't surprise me if he randomly comes back out next week and scores two touchdowns, but I think the way things are trending, you have to trust Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert ahead of Tevin Coleman the way that Tevin Coleman has played recently. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Like two weeks ago, Breida go, or three weeks ago, Breida goes down. I'm like, wow, Tevin Coleman, RB1, you're feeling great. It Five feels like that four, carries for six yards yesterday. That four touchdown game was years ago. So long ago. It's it's long, man. It is wild. Um, other winners from the San Francisco side. Do you have any? Because I don't. I wouldn't call Debo Samuel a winner. I think that he's a great player. But again, his target share is still so low. I mean, not necessarily his target share. So he saw four targets on 21 pass attempts for Jimmy Garoppolo. But... You know, when the San Francisco 49ers are at their best, they don't want to throw the ball that much. They want to run the football as many times as they did with Raheem Mostert yesterday and get other players involved as well. So I think Debo Samuel is a good player. We saw that yesterday. He is not just a yak receiver. We saw him, you know, body Marcus Peters and make a contested catch and score a touchdown on that play. I think he's a very good player, but until his targets are a little bit more consistent, I don't know that we can trust him as anything more than a... Solid wide receiver three, Greg. So, I wouldn't consider Debo Samuel a winner myself. Yeah, I, I said there's no winners. Like I said, there's not yeah. a single one. Emmanuel Sanders did lead this team in targets with six, which made me feel good as a Sanders owner. He's kind of back. This is a good Sanders game. I mean, it was a the right matchup, I thought, for him. He's a safety valve. He's a reliable wide receiver. That's it. Uh, George Kittle, a huge loser yesterday. Uh, that sucks. Yeah, definitely did. You need him to show up in these big spots. I know there was so much riding on this week for people to get into the fantasy football playoffs. Just four targets for him, two receptions, 17 yards. And if you were watching that game, it seemed like Baltimore, you know, that that was their... That's what they were trying to do. That was their game plan, is that they were trying to take George Kittle away from the San Francisco 49ers and just take him out of that game and let everyone else beat them. And that's exactly what they were uh, ready to do yesterday, Greg. And unfortunately, it came at the expense of his owners that really needed a big game. Yeah, no doubt about it. On the other side, Lamar Jackson, well, it wasn't the biggest Lamar Jackson game from a passing perspective, but why he's the best player in fantasy, 100 yards rushing yesterday for Lamar Jackson. Touchdown on the ground, touchdown through the air. There's no better player than him. Mark Andrews scores the only touchdown of the day uh, through the air for Baltimore. He's a big winner. You know you couldn't rely on any of these wide receivers. Mark Ingram, a bit of a loser yesterday. Yeah, Mark Ingram still saw a, a big workload here, right? So they had 22 running back carries, and he saw 15 of them. So he actually saw a large majority of their running back carries from yesterday. It's It was just, again, it was a tougher matchup against San Francisco, and you know, I'm not really, you know, it doesn't change how I view Mark Ingram. I still think he's a high-end RB2 that's going to have a lot of scoring opportunities because this team gets inside the red zone a lot. They are the best offense in the NFL right now, and when they get into that area of the field, they tend to rely a lot on Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. So, down game from yesterday, but doesn't really change how I view him. Uh, I totally agree. Mark Ingram somebody that I, I want for the fantasy playoffs. Somebody that I will be on next year as well. You know that one, Frank. Uh, well, I was obviously not on Mark Ingram. Doesn't happen often, so. Thanks, Frank. I mean, it happens often, <laughs> just you know, not as often as we would like. Seems fair. Can we talk about Ryan Tannehill now?
You know what? Yes. We really not. We, we kind of glossed over Mike Gusecki. We didn't talk about him enough. Move on. Should we should we go back to Mike Gusecki, Greg? I don't think we need to do that. Because I'm pretty sure I have some text in my phone of you saying that Mike Gusecki stinks. I uh, probably very emphatic. I probably had a bunch of words about besides stinks. Back to back games with a touchdown, Greg. Yes, Mike Gusecki, very very good. Uh, he's Orlando, a winner. He's a winner. Yes, he's a winner. That's all I wanted to hear. That's Mike Gusecki is a winner. I got it wrong. He's been good. He's a been reliable. See what he does against the Jets next week with Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the saddle. He's undeniably been good. How's that? And a winner. Let's go. Use Mike Gusecki against the Jets. You know Ryan Tannehill now? Sure. Sure. Ryan Tannehill led the Titans to a 31-17 victory yesterday for the Great Titans. game. Over the, the Titans Colts. were winners, Greg. They were winners. Ryan Tannehill? Eh. Yeah, it was eh. an ad performance. He wasn't great from a fantasy perspective. Put up right around 13, 14 fantasy points. Uh, I apologize, Greg, because I told you to use him over Matt Ryan. It's okay, Frank. I didn't listen. Well, that's... There you go. That's why... That's what... You're supposed to do, right? Okay. So we do this a lot where we ought, we just tell people, okay, we like Ryan Tannehill this week. You're supposed to listen to us, our advice, what we say, the way that we break it down. But ultimately, you make your own decision. If you have a feeling like, all right, you know, Tannehill's been solid, but I'm still going to trust Matt Ryan, then go with that feeling. So, Greg, you, you ultimately played it the right way. Sure. I think that the Titans... Didn't really need Tannehill to do much in this game. It was the Derrick Henry show once again. You know, over the past three weeks, this guy is averaging you know, right around 140, 145 rushing yards per game, scoring a ton of touchdowns. Again, we look, we said this about Derrick Henry last week. It seems like we could just put it on repeat at this point, yeah. Craig, where, you know, he doesn't catch passes. And the, and the text from EY that come in throughout the day, he probably oh, yeah. has a repeat also. Yeah. It's just very excited about the Titans, very excited about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes, but fantasy points are fantasy points. And... This guy sees so many carries, and he runs so efficiently, and he sees so much work in the red zone that he can, you know, outweigh not catching passes from a fantasy perspective. So Derrick Henry has been awesome. Uh, not really the game we were hoping for, obviously, from A.J. Brown, uh, but good matchup next week against Oakland Raiders. So I will go back to the well with Tannehill and A.J. Brown again next week. Uh, but, yeah, they weren't great from a fantasy perspective. They were not. On the other side, without T.Y. Hilton, without Eric Ebron, you, I asked you, actually, late last week, can you start Zach Pascal? You're like, if you're, de- if you're desperate, yes. I asked you, can I start Jack Doyle? You go, absolutely, he's a top 10 tight end. He, he was. Zach Pascal was great, 7 for 109. Jack Doyle was great, 6 for 73 and a touchdown. As we saw at New England on Sunday night, we'll get to that uh, coming after the break. Quarterbacks rely on who they know and who they can trust. Right now in the Indianapolis offense, that is Jack Doyle and that is Zach Pascal. Yeah, absolutely. And I was on the Jack Doyle receiving prop from yesterday. He hit his receiving and reception prop in the first half of that game yesterday. And the target share, just massive for Jack Doyle here. 11 targets, 6 receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. We we know that Jacoby Reset likes to throw to the tight end. Now, there is basically now just one tight end. Yes, Mo Alley-Cox is on the team, but Jack Doyle is the go-to guy. And if T.Y. Hilton cannot suit up heading into Week 14, then Zach Pascal makes for a very, very good pickup because he's going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Week 14. He had 10 targets himself, led this team with 7 receptions and 109 yards. Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal, big winners from Week 13. Greg, on the Colts side of things, yeah. one of the biggest losers from yesterday. Monsters losers, Jonathan, Jonathan Williams. Williams, man. What happened yesterday was not running efficiently, and they basically just turned it over to everybody else. Jordan Wilkins, 11 carries, 47 yards. Naheem Hines even had a few carries, scored a goal line touchdown. 
you know, there's so many running back by committees in the NFL right now. We just spoke about the 49ers. The Colts are another one without Marlon Mack. We'll see if he's good to go heading into week 14. But if he's not, Greg, it seems like this is just another one of those muddled situations. Really, really tough. And the matchup isn't great against Tampa. Their run defense is not as good as it was earlier in the year. But it's not... Still very good. But it's not... Uh, certainly not cakewalk or anything like that. So, tough spot. Randy Colts running backs, not named Marlon Mack next week. When we return, let's get into Sunday Night Football between the Texans and the Patriots, where another game that we had wrong. And we'll get into uh, everything else we missed from Thanksgiving weekend. I also have an update on my league, which is nuts. I'll tell you about it next. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Right, so we will so we will get into Sunday Night Football in just a moment. Remember I told you on off the air and on the air how not throwing a game, but manipulating it in a way when we get to Monday night could be something I'm interested in doing, right? We talked about that. Oh, we see how the chips fell. As I mentioned, the top two teams in my league were playing each other. The winner, had, the winner gets the first overall seed. They both have buys. The winner gets the first overall seed. Makes the money. Um, and all, te- all four teams from three to six were all tied at seven and five. As it turns out, all four teams that are at seven and five, including me, are projected to lose this week. To all teams out of the playoffs. Which is kind of, which is kind of cool. I mean, I'm losing, but maybe I win. If Dalvin Cook has a, a, a big game, I, I could win. Fine. So, as I said to you off the air with Dane... Then there was one team specifically I wanted to play in the next round. I didn't really have a huge lean in the first round. If I could, it is what it is. I'll let the chips fall they may. But there was definitely a team that I wanted to play, if possible, um, in the second round. And I'm in the position where I could... I'm either going to come... If I win my matchup, I'll come in third. If I lose my matchup, I come in fourth. That's, that, that is what it is now. So I can manipulate which side of the bracket I want to be on. And I can do something. But I don't have to do any of that. Why? Because the two teams that have the bye, one of them forgot that you make money for first place overall. And despite not knowing who is going to be seated where, because again, all teams three through six are seven and five. So God knows how they're going to finish, who would win this week, who would lose this week. He benched his entire team on Sunday. I've never seen anything like this, and I want to kick him out of the league. That's where I'm at with this. He wanted the two seed rather than the one seed because he wanted to play certain teams, even though nothing was set. It seems a little contradictory here, Greg, because isn't th- this is something that you are trying to do yourself, benching, which is manipulate the seating. Benching the entire, your entire team? Okay, Greg, so let me ask you this. If you had a chance to... By playing Dalvin Cook tonight, win and face the seed that you don't want to face. Right. Or you can bench Dalvin Cook sure. and lose sure. to face the team you do want to face. What right. would you do? 
I would bench Dalvin Cook. Okay, so it's the same exact thing. Benching your entire team. It's the team? same thing. Your entire Greg, team. Greg, this is contradictory. You don't think your entire team is different than benching one player on Monday Night Football? It's the same thing. You are trying to, you are benching your best player in Dalvin Cook in order to manipulate seating for fantasy football purposes. Yes. I don't think that what he did is any different than what okay. you are proposing yourself. Okay. And I will take it back. No, I mean, just because I say it doesn't mean that it's gospel. It doesn't mean that it's the right answer. If you're I'm just saying in my eyes, it seems Okay, I just thought very I just similar. thought benching your entire team was different. Like, and, he, like, he got a zero this week. I mean, that is, it's quite ridiculous. I've never heard of that myself. Ever. ever. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't, I don't know that I would kick the guy out of the league because of it, because then I think you'd probably have to kick yourself out of the league. Well, I haven't done anything, Frank. But, I mean, you did propose that you would do something like that. But I'm not. So. As it turns out. This is why I said to you last week, like, there are so many things that are going to change. Like, you're going to try and predict things that are going to happen. And well, I, I, by the time you get to this point, but the thing gonna... is, now on Monday, I can predict it, right? Like, I have all the information. Yeah, I, just to me, I don't know. Maybe it's, I'm just a traditionalist of fantasy football. So you, get you, off my lawn. You, you, you're like Ryan Tannehill, because the dollar says do. No, I'm just, like, I would just play my best players and try and finish as the highest seed as I possibly can. And, these things have a way of working themselves out, man. I'm telling you, fantasy karma is real, dude. Like, there's no data behind that, but it's real. You try and manipulate these thing, these things, and the next thing you know, you end up screwing yourself, man. You, your league is kind of crazy, man. It's crazy, buddy. <laughs> it's wild. So, you know, it was also crazy last night. Sunday night football: the Texans and the Patriots. Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson. They thrashed this team. It's about time. They thrashed them. It's about time Bill O'Brien got off the schneid and gets his first win against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Uh, while we're talking about getting quarterback rankings wrong, Greg, sorry about Deshaun Watson, everybody. I mean, look, I think everyone that you asked would not have expected a game like this. 234 passing yards, that's fine. Not great. 9.4 yards per attempt, that's very good. Three passing touchdowns against this Patriots secondary. Thrashing is the right word, Greg, because that's exactly what they did. Sean Watson also had a receiving touchdown from DeAndre Hopkins. That was actually a really awesome play, too. Uh, it would have been so awesome if it didn't work, by the way. Bill O'Brien. It wouldn't have been so awesome if it didn't probably work. Probably should have saved that for the playoffs. Just, just he, You know he didn't come up with that, right? Who did? DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. Oh, really? Just they went over to talking Bill, amongst the They went over to Bill O'Brien during the bye week. He was like, hey, look at this. Is that true? Yes. Wow. Well, it's pretty impressive. It was a because it worked. It was a little spin on the Philly special, right? Not really at it all. Was Not at all. Handed off to running back. Handed off, hand off, hand off to wide receiver. To the wide receiver. And then and an option. And then he's in an option play. Right. That's not a Philly special. That's an option play. It's pretty cool. It's kind of really dumb if it doesn't work. Sure, but at that point, I guess you're like that's a luxury that you have, right? No, because they're playing with a lead at that point. They were up big already. I don't think they were up big. I believe it was like it was fourteen three. It's not huge. I mean, they can come back from that. Wasn't this the last touchdown? This the last touchdown. I think they might have been up. Tw- I think they the last touchdown was Kenny Stills. No, could be wrong. Either I mean, way, I could be wrong too. Obviously, but yeah. No, I thought it was a creative play. Uh, it was cool. I think a clear winner in this game, Greg, was Duke Johnson. Very much so. Yes, because he ran way more efficiently than Carlos Hyde, and you know there are a lot of underlying metrics. I have tweeted about them all season long. Drink about how Duke Johnson is a more. We're drinking not because he tweeted. We're drinking because underlying metrics. Continue. Is that true? Yes. I said to drink because of. I mentioned tweeting. No, we're drinking his underlying metrics. Well, Duke Johnson has been a more efficient runner, uh, higher yards after contact per attempt. He is a better elusive running back than Carlos Hyde, and I've been begging for this to happen all season long. It's a little bit too late. 
unless, of course, you're still alive in the playoffs. But you love the target share here. Five receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they nearly had the same amount of carries. And the broadcast was talking about how Bill O'Brien wants to get Duke Johnson more involved. So it took a while. Maybe he was saving him for this time of the year, Greg. But whatever it is, Duke Johnson is a clear winner here. We were not sure what to expect from DeAndre Hopkins on uh, on Sunday night. DeAndre Hopkins was fine. Kenny Stills was great. Thanks for a call back. Will Fuller touchdown. Uh, John Watson used all of his wide receivers last night. And this is, as bad as the Texans looked last week against Baltimore, it looked really good last night. Yeah, and this is some of the the boom bust that we see out of uh, out of Will Fuller, you know, because one week from one week to the next, we see a monster game against the Indianapolis Colts, and then this one, he ends up dropping a touchdown, something he should have caught. He was open; it was a perfect throw. He was in position to make that play, ended up dropping it, but ultimately, yes, Will Fuller has a big upside, Greg, but also a huge downside. He was a big loser from yesterday. On the other side, for the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's been very honest and said, listen, the strength of our team is our defense and our special teams. Special teams almost saved the game with an onside kick recovery last night that went right off Brandon Bolden's hands. This offense, not great, Bob. I talked about earlier, um, just a few moments ago, that when your entire team is decimated, you go to who you rely on, right? And that was Jack Doyle and Zach Paschal from the Indianapolis Colts. In the case of the New England Patriots... All Tom Brady has to rely on right now, and that's not because anyone is injured, because they stink, is Julian Edelman and James White. And that's all this offense is, Frank. Julian Edelman and James White. Yeah, it's exactly right, man. And James White, he saw all the work on the ground as well. 14 carries. Uh, while you were talking, I was trying to look up when the last time James White had 14 carries in a game. Because they were in comeback mode the entire game, so he was on the field the entire second half. That, that's actually a career high. Yeah. That is a career high in rushing attempts with 14. So you're right. I mean, they were playing from behind, and they were just running this hurry-up It's so offense. rarely the Patriots and, are playing from behind all game. Yeah, and James White was just on the field. And, you know, much like Will Fuller, this is why, you know, we recommend Patriots running backs more as best ball options because trying to predict this on a weekly basis, you know, we benched James White in a league yesterday. It's just there's no way to know. On paper, good matchup against the Texans because they struggle against pass-catching running backs, but it was a good matchup last week for James White as well, and he didn't come through. He scored less than one fantasy point. Yeah. This week, he has over 30 fantasy points. So this comes with the territory of the Patriots and their running backs. Julian Edelman, very good. 12 targets, 6 catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. That pitch and catch at the end of the game, one of the easiest touchdown catches I've seen in a long time. So you continue to trust Julian Edelman. Whether or not he's questionable, it doesn't matter. He is the go-to guy for Tom Brady. Greg, I will now break something up, and you will tell me how ridiculous I am. Oh, I can't wait. What are the chances that, with this offense playing as bad as they are, there are rumblings, no rumblings about in the locker room? No, there's not. In the locker room? No, there's not. Not amongst management, because they're not going to want to bring back Antonio Brown. It's not happening. But this offense, as is right now, can they trust them going into the playoffs as is, the way that they have played the past couple of weeks? So that question is fair. No. And should we pick up Antonio Brown? No. <laughs> No. I just thought I would bring it up. It's a silly conversation. I read about it somewhere. We're not having the conversation. But I don't think that it's completely ludicrous because... It is ludicrous. You can't Patri- bring Antonio Brown back. The Patriots' offense is bad. It's not good. You could have kept Tom Josh- Brady has a lot you of volume. You could have kept Josh Gordon if you wanted to. They could have. Could have. But Josh Gordon's not making a difference with Seattle. You could have given Rob Gronkowski $10 million to come back. Antonio Brown could still play. That we know, Greg. Sure. Josh Gordon, I think that's a little. that's in question. 
We don't know actually how good Josh Gordon is at this point. I understand that. And while Antonio Brown can play, he's got way more off-field issues right now that are more important than football. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, that I am not disagreeing with whatsoever. I mean, the guy's got a lot going on, clearly. But I'm just saying, there have been times where teams don't really care about morals and ethics and what's going on off the field. They want to win. I get it. This, so I, I, I get just it. thought that I would this time they cut him. Bring it up. They cut him because those issues are serious enough. All right. It's just how how desperate are they, you know, to try and improve this offense? That, that's the only thing that's going on in my mind because this offense is bad. And I and I that's think a move you cannot make. They might see the writing on the wall here that as great as their defense has been, starting to show some some cracks, cracks in the, the armor. armor. Yeah. This offense is not something that's going to be able to carry this team. I agree. And but I, maybe with Antonio Brown, it might be able I to. Don't, it's not an option. Okay. We'll stop bringing it up. All right. We want to talk about decimation, right? And I, the Patriots got decimated last night. But the Los Angeles Rams also had some decimation. A big comeback performance for the Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, very obviously a get-me-right game for Jared Goff, who, along with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, did everything they damn well pleased. Robert Woods, 19 targets, 13 receptions, 172 yards. He is firmly back in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three discussion based on that workload from yesterday. Obviously, it was a good matchup. And we said that, you know, last week when we were talking about golf, that this is going to be a get right spot for this offense. Patrick Peterson, not the player that he once was. This Cardinals secondary, even with him, has been one of the worst in the NFL all season long. Golf throws for over 400 yards, nearly 10 yards per attempt. Two passing touchdowns, no turnovers. I'm not ready to say that the Rams' offense is back because it was a great matchup, but I'm ready to say that I think Jared Goff is close to the QB1 discussion heading into next week's matchup with Seattle. I understand it's a big game, divisional game, but I'm not really worried about Seattle's secondary. I don't think that they are a very good defense. Um, I'm going to trust Robert Woods in that game. You're going to trust Cooper Cup. Everybody was great in this game, Greg, except one. Brandon Cooks, man. Brandon Cooks is... It's over for Brandon Cooks, yeah. at least for this season. You know, I'm not going to completely write sure. the guy off. I think he's a good football player. Sure. But for this season, I, th- I think it's probably over. I agree with you. I agree. It's been a, I mean, oh. for them to put up 34 points and, and this nothing. month's offense yeah. and, and him to do absolutely nothing, it's over. Any interest in Tyler Higby or is this just the Cardinals are that bad against tight ends? Because if Gerald Everett is out again next week, the Seattle Seahawks have struggled against tight ends, which means... Tyler Higby could be back in the streaming discussion. It's possible, but again, it was the Arizona Cardinals. So it's like, whatever. Um, I don't take that. I don't think he's a streaming tight end. I think whoever the Cardinals face, they need to stream their tight end. Vance McDonald next week, Greg. I'm in. Really? Duck Hodges, Even baby. with the duck? The Steelers. How about the Steelers? Big winners. I got a Pittsburgh Steelers playoff ticket, Greggy, so let's go duck. Let's go duck, baby. Let's go duck. All right. We'll get to the waiver wire tomorrow. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the BFFs. At the window, Wager Talk are next. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. we hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. I'm gonna miss you. 
Here's what you missed on Fantasy Football Frenzy. I didn't want it to end. Shout out to Sherm in the Goon Squad who put up 165 this week. I personally asked him to take down Jurassic Forest for your boy so I could get the buy. And uh, he put up 165. So well done. Count the money. How did I do? Did I win? I think you're winning, man. Uh, I think you're, you got a good shot to get in here. You put up like 160-something too. Oh, damn. That's like my best week of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's so what I, get me in. I think I, needed, I think I needed a win. I needed a certain amount of points or someone else to lose. Mm-hmm. I think I might have needed a new New Jersey I, to I lose. I put up almost 150 points. You're playing the guy that George needs to lose, I think. Oh, there you go, George. Yeah. You can thank me later. <laughs> the man. We got to see what happens tonight. Obviously, tonight you That's have Lance. the Seattle. <laughs> oh, it's Lance Davis? Yeah. Who made a great run uh, in the Goon Squad League. I mean, he was... Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Where should we start? I mean, there's a lot of places I want to start, and I don't know the right answer. I guess we could start. It's subjective. I don't think that there is a right answer. There's no, like, right answer, right? I think the Dolphins, right? Just in general. The Dolphins were the biggest winners in every way possible. Biggest story of the day yesterday. Yeah. Miami Dolphins. As they should be. Down two touchdowns to Philly. They score five straight times, and they beat the Eagles. Pass that that helmet over here, Greg. Let's get the Dolphins helmet helmet helmet. right here on the show right now, on the set. Greg's going to attempt to put... Oh, my God. Looks like you're going to end up hurting yourself very severely there. Greg is loaded up with the Dolphins Let's helmet. go, Dolphins, baby! All you need is some facial hair, and it's basically Ryan Fitzpatrick all over Don't again. you go? I got my wedding ring on as I play? I'm good. The Dolphins were probably the biggest my winners Miami yesterday. Dolphins! Literally, figuratively, for real life, for fantasy football, Devontae Parker basically won anybody who started him this week. Yeah. Helped a lot of people get into the fantasy football playoffs. He helped Eric Young beat us. A game that decided who was going to get the bye heading into the Pitt League playoffs. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But Devontae Parker was awesome, Greg. Amazing. Ryan Fitzpatrick was very good. Amazing. I think that he is a stream next week as well. That special teams play was ridiculous, you know Greg. That was awesome. It obviously reminded me of the Colts play that Chuck Pagano drew up so terribly <laughs> previously on fourth down. But it was the same thing, right? Like yeah. all the linemen are out wide. There's a kicker. And a, and a punter in the middle, like, what, what's happening? Or sorry, a snapper and a punter in the middle. And then the punter threw a touchdown. I would say kicker. it's a little bit easier to pull off on the goal line Agreed. than in the middle of the field. <laughs> but it was awesome. All, all the way around. Patrick Laird, I think, is a winner from yesterday, so I, we, we talked about Patrick Laird on the, on the hurry-up, how he's like right. the fourth running back for the Dolphins. I realize he's not. He's the fifth running back we've talked about picking up on the Dolphins this year. Oh, right. We spoke about Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin. But no, it's all about Patrick Laird. The dominator, as I termed him. Why wouldn't it be Patrick Laird? I don't know, man. Patrick Laird, what a, that's a thing now, huh? Eh. Why not? Kind of. I mean, look, it's hard for the Dolphins to sorry, run the, the football. intern is his official nickname. The intern Patrick The intern, Laird. that's right. I saw, they were talking about that on the broadcast yesterday. They called him the intern, and yeah. then they were like, oh, well, I guess now he has a full-time job. Oh, I heard, oh, I heard it, Frank. Oh, you heard it. In, yes, indeed. But he still... Ben carries five yards in a touchdown. The average half... The dominator! The average half a yard per carry. Look, this team cannot run the football because their offensive line is very bad. They trail in a lot of games. It's actually amazing to me that you have a straight face while talking to me. Why? Just look at me. It's perfectly fine. Cool. I feel like you should do every show with a helmet on. You ever be able to get this off? No. <laughs> You're definitely like that for the rest of this show and probably going into our holiday party tonight. Seems bad. I love it. And I think everyone else will, too. Sure. Patrick Laird will never be able to run efficiently, but he is a good pass catcher. He had 96 receptions over his last two years at Cal. And considering they can't run the football, I think they're probably just going to throw him a lot of short passes moving forward. I don't feel good about Kalen Balazs' non-contact leg injury. So I don't don't think he's going to be out there next week.